there, welcome to this week's Fantasy Football Show. Joining Stephen Bates and myself, from Ben Warren, Robert and Aaron Lidwell. Trevor, Robbie, you're very welcome. Biko, good to see you as always. Let's get into it. And disappointing for the Glens. Two weeks in the bounce now, Robbie. Yeah, yeah obviously very disappointing. Um, it was a game we thought we, we could have won at the weekend. Um, probably on the day, didn't do enough to win it. Um, first half, they come out, scored an early goal. And obviously, you're always up against it then. Um, second half, we come out first 20, 30 minutes, probably had the better of the half. And then, obviously, the game just kind of fizzled out. But I don't think we've done enough on, on Saturday, won it? What did the manager say afterwards? Obviously, he was disappointed. Um, we had a few words after, a, a few home truths were told. Um, but obviously, in the last couple of weeks, we, we, our performances have been good. Um, we just haven't been getting the results. But on Saturday, it was probably it was probably the opposite. Our performances wasn't good and probably didn't warrant the results. So um, we just said it how it was in the change room. But Ronnie's very good. He, he doesn't, you know, I mean, he'll not put too much pressure on us. He kind of gives us the the willingness to go and play and he, and he keeps telling us and, and, and injecting us with confidence to, to keep doing what we're doing and our, our, our luck will change. Like A lot of people are talking about Balamina. Obviously, you didn't get the result against him on Saturday. Are they the real deal? I think so. Um, they've got a big squad there, obviously, and that, that's important. Um, us ourselves, we've got a really small, small squad, so the likes of injuries and suspensions, it, it hurts us. Uh, with the likes of Balamina, if, if they've got somebody injured, they've got somebody like, like the likes of Tony Keane or, or, or Jude Winchester who come in on Saturday. You've got real quality players that are coming off the bench and you've probably got a lot of lads who aren't even in the squad as well. Um, so yeah, I would say they're the real deal. Um, but obviously it's still hard luck past the likes of Linfield Crusaders with the money and the resources they have at the minute. How are you getting on the Glens? I mean, being back in Irish League football, you were over at Leeds and a, and a host of clubs after that. You've come back, you're playing well. Are you enjoying the league? Yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I actually say this to a lot of people whenever I come home now. I, I wish I'd have come home a year earlier. Um, I've come home, I've reinvented myself and, and I'm enjoying my football again. There was times where I was coming home on a, on a Saturday night, maybe haven't played or haven't played poorly and I was thinking, you know what, I'm not enjoying this and everybody gets into football to, pl to play with enjoyment. So um, obviously just to be back now, I'm playing every week and I'm playing at a great club like Glenthorne, it's, it's, it's brilliant and I'm really enjoying my football again. Are you planning to go back across the water? Oh, look, if it happens, it happens. Uh, I'm not pushing it. If somebody comes, the likes of Gavin White or something like that, and comes in and headhunts you, brilliant. If not, I'm more than happy to, uh, to play at the Glens and, and keep developing here, because as I say, it's, it's a great league. It doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um, so if it happens, it happens. If not, I'm, I'm happy where I am. Can I ask you, Robbie, your dad was an exceptional footballer for Glen Torn. Um, Trevor remembers playing against him and he was a real class act. So what was it like for the family whenever you became the latest Glentoran member you know, in that, in that squad? Because I'm certain that your family must have been very proud. Yeah, uh, my dad always says he's, he's obviously very proud. My dad's my biggest critic, so he doesn't really tell me. He'll tell my mum and then my mum will tell me. But, um, but no, it was, it was great. Like uh, Everybody always says to me, did your dad have a big part to play? And he, d he didn't really. Um, Obviously, I'd heard the Glen Thorne were interested whenever I thought I'd be coming home, and I went and met Gary Haverin at the time, and he sold it to me, and that was it. I was I was happy to go. It was a challenge that I was up for, and it was something that really appealed to me. Um, but now, my mum and dad really enjoy going back to the Oval. Obviously, it's it's like going back in time for them a bit. Like, um, but no, it, it is great. My dad enjoys being up around the Oval again, seeing some old friends. Like, 
Does Ronnie ever say to you, if you've had a bad game, your dad would have been far better than that? Oh my God, I, I always hear it flying off in the car on the way home, because my dad's a fan at the end of the day, and I get absolutely rinsed. If I don't get it in the change room, I'll get it in the car. <laughs> but, um, but no, I remember the, the first time Ronnie came in, obviously I'd known Ronnie beforehand, uh, from his time in Portadown, whenever I was Glavin, and he came in the first night and he shook everybody's hands, and he's actually said, you are right, John? I thought, oh no, hold on, I'm asking <laughs> my name's Robbie, come on. Like, but, no, it's, it's, it is good fun. Obviously, he tells me a lot of stories in that as well. You, the stories that your dad would have told you about Ronnie, and now you've got your own sort of your your, your own personal view of him because you work with him week in week out. Do you reckon he's changed much over the years? Uh, probably not. Um, he's got his principles and he sticks by them. Um, but what's amazing about Ronnie is that a guy of his age is still so good with young players, and you may think that's a bit crazy, but. The way he can talk to players and the way he takes people out and you know, put an arm around them or he'll give you a boot up the backside if you need it. He, he is he's one of a kind, really. Like um, He probably doesn't get the credit he deserves, but uh, in my opinion, he's, he really is. He's a top, top man. Not just a manager, but as, as a man as well, he's, he's incredible. Like. Trevor, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, Irish League legend and all of that. Can I just ask you before we start, I know you played for most of the teams in the league. <laughs> What was your favourite? <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No. There are so many great teams. You had different experiences at each club. You know, obviously it started with Ballymena, the first club, and then Larne. And, but you had great success at, at uh, Crusaders. And I played at Linfield for a year, even though we didn't, I didn't play all that much for the team. We still won the league. So I don't, I'm not giving you a favourite, no way. <laughs> um, obviously you won the title with the Crews. Um, and there's been a lot made of this season and the full-time approach and that upsetting the apple cart somewhat. And I know you're friendly with Stephen Baxter. Where do you see Crusaders at this particular time of the season? And um, it's too early to write them off. Absolutely too early to write them off. Um, they're going through a little period that maybe do them no harm, just slowly getting the form back, creeping up the table again, pressures off them, a bit more pressure on some of the other teams now above them. So definitely I think Crusaders, they still have their good time to come yet. All right, okay, Stephen Baxter. Um, you play with him, yeah. yeah. Do you see him as a player? Do you see? Do you see? Do you see the same attributes that he had on the pitch coming through in his managerial prowess? I first met Stephen whenever I think we were only seventeen. We played in the the Irish Youth Cup final way back. I don't remember the year, but he scored the winning goal against. I was playing for Ballymena Youth at the time, and he's the same type of um, Stephen through his playing career. He was always for an intelligent player calm but he had, a, he had a passion underneath obviously to score goals he was a great player for getting into the right position at the right time and if you were delivering a cross he knew you could, he could make a dodgy cross look a great cross by being in the right position and as a player he was somebody you could rely on and as a manager you can certainly rely on Stephen he's made great progress he's very loyal he's learned a lot I believe from Roy Walker who's a very intelligent manager and so Stephen's in a good place. I think he'll just um, get the team going again now before Christmas. Gotcha. Now, you've written this book, Seven Soccer Skills, um, which I've had a flick through. I know Biko has, has read it cover to cover. I need more than a book to tell me how to play. Um, what, what, what's the, what, you know, you've taken three years to write this. So firstly, what was the, the reason for writing it? The reason, um, where I lived down in Nace, I was head coach at the club there for six years. We put a lot of emphasis on producing coaches, bringing them through, getting their qualifications. And you were working with the coaches, you were working with the young players, trying to develop them. And obviously from a coach, from a club point of view, you're trying to develop the club. So there's always this 
challenge of trying to get each party to understand each other's point of view. So you, you were trying to ultimately get the best out of the young player. That was the goal. And I remember watching a, a, a game in the summer one time and it was a friendly game and the manager, these were like under 10 players, and the manager said to the young player, throw the ball down the line, throw it down the line. And I just said to myself, you know, where this young player should be expressing himself, doing, making his own decisions, showing us all the skills that he's learned in training, but none of that. So I said, I've got to do something. So I went away and researched and put all my experience down in the book and that's the end result. A footballing guide for parents, coaches and young players. I'm really interested in the parents element of it because we're all made aware of what is said in the sideline, what shouldn't be said in the sideline, the abuse um, other parents take, other young players take, um, and the referee. So what's your, what's your words to parents? My words to parents is actually do more with the kids at home. Just don't drop them off and leave them to coaches or clubs. Do what you can at home. There's, in each chapter there's a section for the parents, part for the coaches and part for the, the young players themselves. So for the parents, do more at home. Go and enjoy the match. Don't pass comment. Let the kids play. And certainly no further abuse of language to anybody, particularly the referee. You still get it at home, don't you, in the car on the way home on Saturday? So what's your dad saying to you? He's, as I say, he's, he's my biggest critic. Like, um, If I'm not doing it on a Saturday, you hear from the fans, you hear from the manager, and then all you want to do is get in the car and just put your earphones in and go home. No, that's, that's not how it works. I get in and I'll get hammered. If, but in saying that as well, if I'm, if I'm doing the business as well, um, he'll be the first one to say, look, I thought you done it right today. But then my mum will come home and say, oh, your dad says you, you played really well today. But he always keeps me on my toes. Isn't what, what's better, your dad telling you you did well or the manager? It has to be the manager. Um, obviously, that's the guy who's in your, your working environment. That's the guy who picks you. Um, because as nice as it is to make your dad and your, and your, and your family proud, that, that can't be what you're thinking about on a, on a Saturday. Obviously, you're trying to win three points for your club. You're trying to get us up the table. So that's, that, they're the guys that you're, you're keeping in a job um, at the end of the day. And that's obviously, that's, that has to be the main one. I have to say, when Robbie has been in the team, and I know you've had a few injury problems, Glentoran look a far more dangerous outfit to me. Um, uh, and I, I think over the next few weeks, you've got a big um, period coming up because yeah. you've had a few dodgy results recently. So um, what are the hopes and aims, would you say, this season, Robbie, for the Glens? Well, I mean, we all sat down at the start of the season and we said that, that European football has, has to be a priority, um, whether that be through the playoff or whether it be at sitting in the top three, which we know is going to be tough with, with some of the money that's, that's knocking around at them top clubs at the minute as well. Um, well, like last year, we gave ourselves a chance by... It was, by luck at the end of the day that we, we got into that, that European playoff final and we did give ourselves a bit of hope um, obviously on the day we, we didn't get it done but I mean this year we all sat down and we, we, we said look, look let's, not, let's not get carried away after a couple of good results and at the same time let's not get carried away after a couple of bad results so I say we've, we've, we've got a really young squad there as well uh, you've got a lot of boys who are only coming into the league for the first time as well so they're obviously still feeling out the league we're feeling out each other as well as a team so at the minute you would say top six would have to be be a priority to give ourselves a chance to get in that European position um, but anything more than that would be would be good but a cup run as well I think is very we've important. We've seen teams at the bottom can take points off teams at the top so you get yourself two or three wins in the bounce and you're right up there. Well, that's it I mean the, the league is so closely bounced this year and now we've played everybody in the league, um, 
there's really there's not much in it at all, as you said there as well. The January transfer window could be massive in the t in the title race. Um, it is. It's really really close. Um, as well as that, you said about going on a run. If you can get three or four wins in the bounce in this league, you, you know what I mean you're you're gonna move. You're gonna make moves, and um, that's what we keep saying to ourselves. That's why we're not panicking at the minute. We're still keeping level headed because we know if we go on a good run, we're, we're right back into it. Trevor played over 750 times in the Irish League and as you said, Pete, played for most of the teams. He also played here at Windsor Park on a very famous night, Pat Jennings' testimonial. And um, you played alongside a certain George Best. Tell us the story behind that, Trev. Uh, well, I don't think you were born yet, <laughs> Robbie. <laughs> was back in 87, I just, um, it was Pat Jennings' testimonial match. Um, I think I was about 21 at the time. I'd just come back, I'd played in the World Student Games for Great Britain over in Zagrebit. Yugoslavia at the time and so I, I don't know how I got the call out but I think that, uh, Danny Blanchfry was the manager so the next thing was up to Windsor Park in the changing room Liam Brady, Kevin Keegan all these guys but I think whenever you're young you you just think that's going to be continuous you, you don't really see this as being anything special you believe that this is your future in football so my memory whenever we went out onto the pitch George Best he was uh, he got himself into great condition for the match, probably as a tribute to to Pat. So it was my first time ever... Well, what age was Bestie then? Um, I think would have been around his, just before 40, would have been 40 around that age. And um, But on the night it was it was unique atmosphere, like it was the first time ever for me playing that I felt in the presence of somebody special. And the crowd like you knew that because whenever you were playing, if you had closed your eyes you knew whenever the ball was going to George Best, the, the rhythmic feeling of the crowd, it was sensational and oh, it was a great night like, you know you just the night passed you by but it was just a memory and whenever you came into that team and all those those you know the, the team was full of statuesque players how did the, were you nervous can you, can you remember how you feeling and how welcoming were they to you and were they just there for the crack well I knew it was a very happy atmosphere in the changing room and everything and never because it was a testimonial nobody under any pressure I remember I'd broken my scaphoid bone in my wrist playing for Larn and my wrist was in plaster but it was Irish League referees who refed the match, so it was covered up and everything was okay. But they made me feel really, really welcome. It was a great night. I remember going ahead, Steve. I was going to say to you, tell us a story about um, going off the pitch and then after in the dressing room. Well, um, it was funny because, and as you know in testimonial match, you play the first half and then everybody gets a game in the second half, Robbie. So I was the youngest and, of course, I was expecting to go off the second half and I saw my number two go up. So I was going off the pitch and there was great applause, so I thought that's fantastic. So I was applauding the crowd and turning around and there the next thing, George Best was walking off behind me. <laughs> <laughs> so I realised then, go ahead George. So the two of us walked into the, the changing rooms at Windsor Park at the time and it was just the two of us in the changing room, changing room so I said, well I run the bath George because it was the big sunken baths at the time. So my claim to fame is that I ran the bath for George Best, Windsor Park, and uh, we were sitting in the bath and I asked him, I said to myself, wouldn't it be great to get his great George Best shirt? So I said, no, no, don't, don't ask him. Then I said, well, if you don't ask now, you'll never ask again. So I asked him and he said that uh, he was keeping the shirt for his son Callum. So whether he did or not, didn't, didn't matter to me. That was my moment with George Best. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM. Into predictions time this week. We'll start um, at the Brandywell and Institute against Linfield. And will they feel the wrath of Linfield after last weekend? 
Well, it's a big match for both teams, in my opinion, Pete, because Linfield have um, failed pretty abysmally their last couple of matches. They drew it home to Warren Point um, and were well beaten by Coleraine. It was only 2-1, but Coleraine were the better side by a distance. So Linfield will be desperate to bounce back for their title challenge. But Institute as well, they're possibly going to get um, uh, into that relegation battle now because they've had a dodgy little spell too. So it's a massive match. Huge game for Linfield going to the Brandywell. It's a 1pm kickoff. I hope there's no trouble and I just hope that it's a fantastic occasion for everyone. I think Linfield will bounce back. They've beaten Institute pretty well and pretty convincingly a couple of times already this season. I think it'll be tighter um, up at the Brandywell but I'm going to go for Linfield Pete to win 2-1. Robbie? I'd have to agree. I think it's going to be a Linfield win. I'd say maybe two or three nil. Were you surprised that they didn't win on Saturday, and even more surprised by the Warren Point result? Um, probably you know yes and no. Yes, no. Sorry. Um, I mean, every time we played Warren Point, they come and they play. That's one thing about them. They don't come. They don't you know, sit in and try and make it hard. They come to win football matches, and uh, it's good because um, it, it makes it for a fast flowing game. I wasn't surprised that their keeper had an absolute worldie. Uh, he's been probably Will he be around player. in January? Not a chance. Aaron McCary's going somewhere. Yeah. My, my hunch is Dundalk, but he's good enough to play across the water. Yeah, well, he obviously he was in the Republic of Ireland squad not, mm-hmm. not too long ago. So, yeah, at one point, are, 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 are there and thereabouts. They're, they're, I mean, whenever they play, they play well. So, um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I was surprised that Linfield did slip up and, and lose a couple of points. Um, Trevor, w- w- what do you think then for this particular match? Well, I think Linfield, um, the fans and I think the players have got to bounce back now for the manager. I think they'll win. I think our, I think Institute will score. So I go with a 2-1 scoreline like Stephen said. Gotcha. Okay. Balamina, are they the real deal? At home to Cliftonville this weekend? We'll find out. I like them. I really do. I was really impressed by them against Glentorn on Saturday. I didn't think Glentorn played particularly well, but um, you got to hand it to Balamina. They play uh, three at the back. And the three boys, Johnny Addis, Scott Whiteside and Jim Irvin, were outstanding. They really were. And then you look further forward, you've got Jude Winchester. You mentioned him, Robbie. I thought he had a very good game. James Knowles. You've got strikers up top. Um, Leckie. He's, he's quality and a real handful. Um, so for me, they are the real deal. Um, David Jeffrey will hate me for saying that, but I genuinely believe they're title challenge. But he'll just continue to play this down and play it down and play it down. Well, he will, and David Jeffrey's a class manager. That's what he's going to do. He doesn't want the pressure on his side. He wants it in people like Linfield, Crusaders, Glenavon. Now, you, you wrote in the paper at the weekend that you think that Duke Ormley isn't going to be, uh, or someone's going to come in for him in January. So do, do you really believe that he's going to go? Well, it's a possibility. Joe Gormley's loved by Cliftonville fans. He's the best striker they've ever had. He's scored a record number of goals. For me, he's the most lethal marksman in Irish League football. And he was that in his first spell as well. He's a class act, so I'm not surprised. Teams are going to come in from Shamrock Rovers, are interested in him. Don't be surprised either, Peter Flarn. Trevor's old club come in from as well because um, they want the best that the Irish League has got to offer. And for me, Joe Gormley's the best. So, Saturday, what do you think? Ballymena against Cliftonville, the score's going to be? The score will be 2-1 to Ballymena, and Joe Gormley will score for Cliftonville. <laughs> there you go, Trevor. Well, I think uh, Ballymena have really developed with the new formation with three at the back. I saw them earlier only four at the back, but certainly the three at the back really sits them. I think they're good enough to keep um, Joe quiet, so I'm going to go for a Ballymena 1-0 victory. Can I ask you, Trevor, you played for Ballymena three times. What would it mean to that club and that town to be part of a title race? 
part of a title race. Well, certainly the fans, they're really, really decent guys. The, you know, the supporters are really, really good. Um, they've been, the board and all have been pretty faithful to the gift managers a chance. But the, it's going to be tough for them. The expect, expectations are not too high. So the, David Jeffries, as you say, knows how to take the pressure off everybody. So it's going to be interesting to see how they perform after Christmas. Um, obviously, you were disappointed on Saturday, and they do have a cracking squad, that's for sure. Um, but the Cliftonville have enough to go and beat them in their own backyard on that pitch, which is a cracking pitch. I would say so. Uh, I think Cliftonville will actually win the game. Um, from the games that I've played this season, I've found that Cliftonville are probably the hardest team to score against. Um, they probably don't have the best record, but as a man at the back, they are so physical, they're so in your face, and they're so aggressive, and that's really hard to play against. Um, you know, you, t you talk about the strength of Balmina squad. Cliftonville have a very, very strong squad there as well, so I think it's, it's, it'll be a really good match. It'll be a really good match, but I, I do fancy Cliftonville. Score? I would say 2-1 Cliftonville. 2-1. We've got to ask Robbie when he's here. Joe Gormley scored against the Lens in the last minute to win that match, and you were the guy who was fouled, in quotes, and um, you were very angry about that, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, everybody you've spoke to said it's, it's, well, it's a fraud. Well, the replay shows it was a fraud. Yeah, well, I know Ross pretty well, Ross Labyrinth. He's come through the back of me and he's actually stopped. He's waiting for the referee to, to blow the whistle. Um, look, it is what it is, but at the end of the day, obviously, we were very, very disappointed in the call. I think there was even one here on Saturday. Was there, a, there was a penalty shot with the same referee, so obviously maybe it's one of them free kicks he doesn't like to give. Who knows, but we definitely felt that we were, were hard, hard done by. How frustrated are you, the boys you play with, and the boys that you speak to from other teams, how, how frustrated are they with, with the, the referee and some of the decisions in the league? Yeah, well, obviously it's very frustrating because everybody wants just a level playing field. You want every team to go out on a Saturday and you want the best team to win. You don't want to influence the referees or anything like that. I mean, I went down to, I was saying there beforehand, that I went down to the FAA Cup final last week, or two weeks ago, sorry, Dundalk and, and, and uh, Cork, sorry. And uh, the standard in refereeing down south was second to none. I thought it was really, really good. There was no half ones that you thought could have went this way. Everything was just decisive, done, dusted, get on with the game. Obviously, we're, we're obviously very frustrated at the minute. Um, a lot of stuff's come out in the press and everything else about the referees. It's the same for every team. Everybody gets done by decisions at one time or stage in the season. So hopefully this is our bad run out of the way and it could be put to bed now. Okay, we move on, and um, you're travelling up to Coleraine at the weekend. Um, they come off the back of an amazing result here on Saturday. So how are you boys going to approach that? Yeah, we'll go all guns blazing, nothing to fear. I mean, we got one over them at the Oval there a couple of weeks ago as well, um, albeit through penalties. Um, we'll say again that we thought the two goals were offside in that night. Um, obviously, decisions didn't go our way, but we'll go up to the showgrounds with nothing to fear. Um, we know Rodney likes to get the ball down and get his team playing. So uh, that suits us because we're, we're not the biggest side in the league, so we like to play a bit of football as well, so it should be a good game. Do you want to give us a prediction? I'll keep it to myself. <laughs> Bigo. Darren McCauley was absolutely sensational here for um, Coleraine against Linfield. He's on fire at the moment. And um, I, have a th I have a thing about Coleraine. When Darren McCauley plays well, I think Coleraine do too. I think he's that good and that important to them. And he's coming to the party, and that's bad news for Glen Torn and good news for Rodney McAree. I think Rodney and his team will win that one. I'm going to go Coleraine to win it 3 2. Trevor? I think at Coleraine, they've gotten their mojo back. I think they're starting to move, progress. Um, like Stephen says, I can't go past Coleraine in this one. Sorry, Robert. 
Um, but I can see Glentorn getting a goal, so I'm going to go 2-1 Corian. Will Rodney McAree be a success at Corian? I think he will, definitely. I think he's got good, what Corian have done really well, they've got good backroom staff, they've got the stability there, so Rodney just has to come in and build on the foundation that Oren left, so everything's there for him, he's an intelligent young man, so he should do well. Game of the weekend for me, Crusaders at home to Glenavon. Um, Glenavon slipped up, I suppose, on Saturday. Crusaders have maybe got their mojo back. Hately's starting to score. How do you see it going? Very important that Paul Hately is banging form ahead of this one. What a cracking game this is going to be because Crusaders are starting slowly to find their way. Um, it's been a really up and down season for the crew so far, but you know they know how to win trophies and um, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Glenavon have had two poor results for them, but they've, they've really impressed me this season. Pete, to me, they've, they've st they're still the team of the season. They're top of the table, and they're there for a reason. So well, We mentioned January earlier in the show. Will Mark Sykes still be there after January? Glenavon fans will hope that Mark Sykes is still there, but personally, I'd be amazed. Mark Sykes is an outstanding footballer, one of the best in the Irish League, I'd say, for the past decade, not even just the past five years. And for me, he has to be playing across the water. But Gary Hamilton knows that. He said that all along, that, that Sykes, he should be away. Um, uh, but he'll be a very important um, cog in the Glenavon machine on Saturday against Crusaders. Oh, before you went uh, across the water, you were obviously at Glenavon and, and you were there with that Irish Cup win with Gary at the helm. What makes him a great coach? Um, there's no grey areas with Gary. Um, he says it how he is. He's, he's one of them managers, maybe a, a bit of a dying breed. They tell you if you're not doing it and they'll, and they'll, they'll share you with good as well if you are doing the business. Um, he's brutally honest and people probably don't think much about Gary as a manager as he was as a player, but he knows the game inside out. It's frightening. Like Some of the stuff, he, he just knows what to say and when to say it. But his, his eye for a player as well is, is it's second to none. Like. Score prediction? I think there'll be plenty of goals, but I have to say 3-2 Crusaders. Bingo. It's th This is the toughest one to call, and my predictions have been not particularly good lately. I'm going to go 2-1 Crusaders. Trevor? Well, I have the honour of playing for both clubs, as you know. I scored my first, I know in the Irish League, hat-trick playing for Glenavon. Um, it's great to see them doing so well. Crusaders... Um, I think it's going to take another match, I could be wrong, obviously, for Glenavon to get going again. I'm going to go for a Crusaders 1-0 victory. Okay, excellent. Yuri at home, two yards, and there was a bit of a fracas on the, on the sidelines last weekend between Stephen Baxter and Colin Nixon. Yeah, two um, uh, friends of the show and two great lads, in my opinion. I'm glad I wasn't in the middle of that one. Um, uh, but hopefully they kissed and made up at the end of the match. This one's a huge match as well. Look, Pete Newry against Ards down at the bottom of the table. Oof. What a tough one to call this one is as well. I'm going to go Newry to win it 2-1, purely on home advantage. Okay. I'd have to agree, home advantage. Newry are, 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 are good say down there, so I'd say either 2-0 or 2-1 to Newry. Trevor? Well, I'm going to go for a, a one-all draw. I think Newry have conceded a few goals, but and Ards have a few... Up and down results. I think both teams will score, so I'm going to go 1 1. All right, okay. Warm point at home to Dungannon. This should be a cracking game. Dungannon obviously got the win last weekend. Um, Warren Point are playing some brilliant football. Well, to get two draws at Linfield and Glenavon, that is some, for, that's some going for Stephen McDonald and his team, and they deserve all the credit 
in the world. Aaron McCary's obviously been brilliant, but let's give the outfield players um, their due as well to go to those grounds and not be defeated. Sensational. McDonnell is really producing um, a side there to be feared. And um, uh, I like what he's doing down at Warren Point. But I also have a lot of time for, for Chris Lindsay, who you know, Robbie. Yeah. They've got such a squad. They're too good to go down. Don Gannon? Yeah. Listen, you're never too good to go down, Pete. I'm telling you now, if you get in that dogfight, it's troublesome for you. And Chris Lindsay will know that. Stephen McDonald will know that as well. They won't be taking anything for granted, that's for sure. Don Gannon got a brilliant result against the Institute. I was um, uh, talking to Chris actually before I came on air and he was saying how pleased he was to get that result and he knows how difficult it's going to be at Warren Point um, I'm going to go one each another 1-1 one, one draw for Warren Point I think Dungannon are good enough to go there and get a, a share of the spoils Trevor? Yeah I agree with Stephen I think Dungannon are good enough the result will give him good confidence going into this match Stephen has done a brilliant job at Warren Point very hard to beat conceding a few goals so I'm I think Dungana will be good enough to get a point, so what the score will be in terms of a draw, we're going to go for a 1-1 draw. Okay, probably. I think Dungana will win 1-0. Um, again, two sides that really want to play football. Two young coaches as well, which is great to see. Um, I think the two games at one point have had will be very tough mentally and physically as well, because they'll, they'll probably not have had a great share of the ball. And obviously Dungana coming off a good result at the weekend, I'd have to say 1-0 to Dungana. Gotcha, okay. This is my... Uh, Reading for bedtime this, this evening. Where can you get this? Obviously, it's out now, yeah? Yeah, it's out now. It's available through most Irish League clubs. We're just in the process of getting the book out now. It's also avail- available on Amazon UK. But obviously, we'd like to, if people want to get it, try and get it through the, the local Irish League club or they can go online. And you know what? You see, for, you see for kids, um, in terms of coaching, and kids are playing football from such a young age, what was the one thing that you would say to parents about their kids very, very young playing football? Is it just about going out and enjoying themselves? Yeah, but it's just creating an environment for them. You know, have something at home where they can, you know, kick a ball even for five or ten minutes, just a few minutes to just get them involved in the game of football and encourage them to enjoy it, make new friends. And, and in this day and age of games and everything, just getting them outside, playing, being active and being healthy and enjoying themselves. Can I ask you one question before we end? Larn, you played there. What's your thoughts, Trevor, on everything that's going on there with Kenny Bruce, Tiernan Lynch, and they're going to win the championship. They could even go unbeaten throughout the championship. They beat Portadown 3-0. What's your thoughts? My thoughts are very, very good for the people of Larn as a whole. I made my my debut way back in 84. I think it was 84 for Larn. We won the trophy in 87, the Ulster Cup. I think it's the last piece of silverware the club has won. So they have great ambitions. Everything's just, they've done the whole project right. They've brought the whole people of Larne with them, the council, everybody's on board. I don't think they're too worried about going unbeaten. I don't think that'll be the manager's main aim. I think it'll be to build a foundation to get the right players on board, to plan ahead for the the, the Premier League next year. I don't think they're, they have a good basis now they're comfortable in the sense that they, they know where we're going this year but next year will be a good challenge for them A, a lot's been made about the money and um, are, are players across the league waiting for the phone to ring? Yeah, maybe, I don't know I know personally myself I want to play at the highest level uh, I think every player who's worth his way wants to play at the best standard football at the best clubs um, 
obviously there's different people around football for different reasons and that's been well documented with the likes of some players in England and that as well so look it's it's each to their own but um, I think now the top players as well maybe a couple of them are keeping an eye on how Lauren are doing you're happy at Glen Tour now Robbie? oh I'm good I'm all happy <laughs> I'm happy who's going to win the title? Um, I think it's it's still hard. I mean, a lot's been made of Crusaders maybe being out of the out of the league race. I don't I don't buy that for a second. I mean, a lot of money there, a lot of players. Um, for me, it's it's still between Linfield and Crusaders. I've been a, a Glens man. It's 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 hard to say Linfield, but it's it's going to be hard luck past Linfield this year. Gotcha, um, Robbie. Thanks so much for coming on. It's been great to see you. Good luck this weekend, Trevor. Good luck with this. Hope it goes really well. Bye early, bye often. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thank you very much, Chance. Have a great weekend. Enjoy your football, and we'll chat to you next week.